0: you're listening to recommendations my taku spouse or otaku susume i'm jen
1: and i'm wesley so let's get started
0: first if you've actually been keeping up to date with every episode every week we're so sorry for the delay
1: every week we're every other week at best
0: every other week Every month... Actually, no, this year we've kind of been doing one a month rather than every two weeks, even though we intended to do one every two weeks. But anyway, I was busy with an exam, and Wes mortally injured himself.
1: It was a slight crippling.
0: Wes mortally injured himself. So we were delayed by a lot, so thank you for your patience. If you don't give a crap and you just listen to every other random episode, never mind, welcome to a recommendation from my talker spouse. Yay! (laughs) And in this episode... We're going to talk about Celeste.
2: A
1: video game. A
0: video game. And this wasn't meant to be a recommendation, but it accidentally turned into a recommendation. Yes. So we... We. We. So Okay, so the last episode that we did was It Takes Two, which yes. was a collaborative video game. Yes. And after that, we were like, well, what should we play next? But we didn't have any other collaborative video games, which was fine. There aren't many. There aren't many. So I decided to start playing Celeste.
1: Yeah, you'd picked up on a sale or something.
0: Yes. yes. So I'd actually downloaded it forever ago and finally got around to it. I opened it. I started playing it. It was kind of difficult. And Wes was watching me and was like, can can I try? And then I never got it back.
1: That's a load of crap.
0: I never saw it again. It was Wes's game from then on out. <laughs>
1: This story has been edited to make me into a bad guy. Yes, because it's true. You are misrepresenting the facts. Which are? Which are what actually happened as opposed to your falsification, Which is? A farsification? It was a load of... falsity, <laughs> Pod Swallow up that you just spewed all over our podcast. No,
0: wait a minute. What is the real story then?
1: Oh, well, the real story was we were looking for a game to play. Yes. You had downloaded Celeste. Correct. I had... Heard the occasional thing about Celeste, but didn't actually know much about it. Mm. And then we decided Mm. that based off rumors, we'd be dying a lot. And so we would be swapping back and forth every few deaths.
0: Okay, we did that the first for maybe a day or two.
1: We did that for the first few levels.
0: And then I never got it back again. And
1: then you stopped wanting to play as much because you were getting frustrated (laughs) as we got to the harder levels.
0: Because you were better at it than me.
1: There was a couple of time. any time you said, can I try, I handed you the controller. I and felt really you,
0: self-conscious, because you were like, oh, I could breeze through this for a reason. Never, easy. I
1: never said that you once. You
0: said it entirely.
1: I never said that once.
0: That's what the voice inside my head told me you were saying.
1: Well, the voice inside <laughs> your head is a liar, and you should not pay attention to that part of you.
0: Well, it doesn't matter, because either way, you finished the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I did.
0: So that's why it kind of turned into an accidental recommendation because I started playing and then we started playing together and then we did end up finishing it together somewhat.
1: Well, yes. And as I said at the beginning, I didn't know as much about it. So the recommendation came in the fact that you were like, I've heard good things about this game. I have bought it Hmm. and you should play it. Yes. And I knew, all I knew about it was that it was supposed to be a difficult platformer. That's literally all I knew about it. And I think I'd seen a couple of things on some Game Maker's Toolkit videos that you'd had us both watch. That was the extent of my knowledge.
0: And our post game review is it's a difficult platformer.
1: It's a difficult platformer.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so was it pretty much what you expected?
1: That's a loaded question. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. No, too long. Let me sum up. <laughs> I have played a lot of platformers growing up.
0: Nerd. Thank you, dear. You're welcome.
1: And a big part of a platformer is how the character controls. Mm -hmm. And so walking into this, I knew it was a difficult platformer. But what I found was I would more describe it as a puzzle game that demands precise input. Yes. It's definitely a platformer, but if you go into that and you're saying, I've played platformers like I have because I've beaten a lot of the side-scrolling 2D Marios and I've played Sonic and just a lot of the big names over the years before everything went 3D.
0: Was Kirby a platformer?
1: Kirby's a platformer, yeah, Hmm. I guess. It's a bit different, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I love Kirby games. And I would say this is very different from all of those Because in this one, like a lot of those are side scrollers as well. They're platforms and they're side scrollers where you're progressing through a level. And barring a few of the more expansive and difficult maps in this game, they're all singular screens. Yeah. And so you're more or less you're given a tool set that Celeste can use or that Madeline can use, and it's how do you use that to solve the puzzle in front of you, while at the same time demanding expert gameplay to do so
0: that is true I was not expecting how much problem solving was required to be able to basically do the game
1: yes yeah it's there's probably definitely screens that you can brute force but there is also
0: a level of logic behind the the design of each level in each stage yeah in each room
1: and I think that Celeste did a very good job in how it approached those in the stages and that it wasn't just here's a new mechanic and we're going to dump you into the deep end.
2: Mm. It did a very
1: good job of introducing the new mechanics and then merging them with your already established skill set and making you approach them in different ways. So that I think there was probably one screen in the entire game
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I walked into and felt I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Yes, I remember you saying that And after that, bashing my head against that room for 20 minutes.
1: And it really annoyed me. And part of it was to solve that screen, you had to use a mechanic that you never had to use before in the game. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it wasn't one that the game taught you. It was one that I guess they expected you to find out through trial and error. Mm -hmm. But because it runs counter to other platformers, I'd never discovered it. I'm going to say what it is. Slight spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things you can do in Celeste is that when you're falling, if you hold down, you fall faster. Yes. And in every other platformer that I've just mentioned, your falling speed is fixed. So it never occurred to me that I could do that. And there had never been a puzzle before that screen that required oh, me to do it. Oh,
0: you're right. You're absolutely right. After yeah. that
1: screen, there was a couple of other ones where you had to fast fall to be able to solve it. But before that screen, and this screen came pretty late in the game, kind of, um, you never had to fast fall. And it wasn't something that I thought I could do from other platformers that I'd played. And so when I was on this screen, it wasn't in my mental database of tools that I could use to solve it, Mm -hmm. which left me just going, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then once I found that out, I finished the screen not too long after. I then had to figure out how to use it properly to get the execution I was talking about. But So that was probably the most frustrating screen for me. And it was because... There was a tool that I didn't know I had. But besides that, I feel that the game did a very good job at introducing new tools and then just expecting you to apply them in different ways, usually logically, to solve puzzles.
0: And I think as, as we said, I, we swapped playing the game for the first couple of levels. And I think as somebody who did not grow up on platformers, it had a very gradual difficulty curve. And yes. there were points where I was like, I'm gonna go back and get these strawberries because now I understand the game a little better. And I think I can do it, and I could, and I was like, Yay, achievement. Um, I think the point I I ended up giving it to you was the um the
1: hotel. You gave me the hotel, but you took it back from us level five, the mirror temple.
0: That's you true, played most I did. of the
1: mirror temple on your own.
0: That was fun. <laughs> the hotel is such a pain.
1: <laughs> for difficult mechanics the little i think people online call them, dust bunnies.
0: Yeah, call them the hotel, death bunnies yeah uh, no, i call them
1: death bunnies death bunnies <laughs> i no i
0: call them death bunnies
1: in the hotel i think they are to me one of the more difficult hazards
2: mhm
1: so you passing it back at that point or having more trouble with them having played more of the game now than you makes sense to me
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think they're despite being difficult once you, once I learned them, I didn't have as much issue with them, hmm. unlike some of the other hazards in the game. That <laughs> yeah, but you I, have uh,
0: to, you have to learn. Well, I mean, guess that's the point of the game—is you learn a little bit, and then you progress, and then you learn a little bit more, and then you progress. Yeah. And then you die a bajillion times, and you go, "Oh God, I don't want to know my death count at the end of this." <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite mechanic or your favorite level in the game?
1: Oh, definitely the dream bubbles. Dream bubbles. There's, uh, you first encounter them in level two when you go into like the dream world. Oh,
0: the 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 black sparkly ones that you go bloop.
1: Yes, the black blocks with the rainbow sparkles in them that you dash into and then get a speed boost and pop out the other side. Right, yes. Out of every mechanic in the game, those are definitely my favorite, which we'll get a little bit more into this later because I do want to talk about it, but the game is essentially split into... A-sides, which is the main story, mm-hmm. B-sides, which is bonus content, and then C-sides, which is you've done everything else, go ahead and challenge yourself. Well,
0: the C-sides came, I'm pretty sure, with the core, yes. which was
1: the first DLC. But we'll get to this.
0: And then there's the second DLC, Farewell. So we we actually came into Celeste pretty late. We, we will come into this, but the, yes. So yes, the A-sides yeah. so are the main game.
1: But by the time that I was doing the C-sides, and I came to the C-side for Chapter 2 with those little bubbles... I think that was my fastest seaside with the least amount of deaths just because I really like that mechanic. And because of that, I think it clicked with it. Mm. And so I was able to instinctively use them a lot better than some of the other mechanics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They were they were also more limited to their level. I think there's some mechanics you see throughout more. Um, springs, you see a lot. And I really like those ones as well, actually. But I definitely think my favorite mechanic in the game would be I'm calling them dream bubbles. I don't know what they're called online. I don't know what they're called in official text, but Mm -hmm. you first encounter them in a dream and they make a little sound as you go through.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's one thing I want to touch on is the sound design in the game was really good. And the music.
1: For not having played as much, though, what was your favorite mechanic? The least favorite seems to be the death bunnies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, I liked watching you play with those because every time you died on them, they got this little, ooh, Surprised face, and I was cute. like really cute. But going up against them myself was a pain in the butt. Um, I think my favorite mechanic was probably again because probably because I played the um, the mirror temple a lot. The red orbs that send you flying in one direction. And yes, like the blue, 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 I liked that. I, I found those fun because you could go in. They had a lot of secret routes mm. and discovering those was fun because I felt clever for spotting them and then going through them.
1: And finding something new.
0: And then finding something new, yeah.
1: That level definitely, I feel, has the most exploration to it.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: The other ones might have a room here or there or break a little secret here and there, but Mm -hmm. that one definitely felt exploratory.
0: I really like the design of that level because you go in and most of the level is dark, but as you move around, you accidentally touch crystals, which then light up, and they make this this nice little ring sound. And so you can, it encourages you, like you said, to explore the area and to light all the crystals so you can see where you're going and what you're doing. And it kind of, that, that not just exploration, but literally discovering the map, because otherwise it's pitch black, was both a little unnerving at first, and then fun.
1: Yes. Yeah, for a game that requires such... Excellence of gameplay, not being able to see what you're jumping to at times <laughs> so was a little bit nerve-wracking. Yeah.
0: But they did a good job of, I think, indicating what you needed to do, except for the Crystal Heart gem thingy collection on that one level. Or actually any of the crystal hearts, like there are things that you need to do to get these extra bonus things that you wouldn't know unless somebody had told you. Or unless you were like playing around with the map and decided to literally go off the side of the screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the crystal heart in level one, I think worked out okay. Cause it had a weird code you had to put in, but it also showed you what the code was. Yes. A crystal heart in two was. a.
0: That was the one where you have to like jump between the screens.
1: Yeah. Because it resets the that It doesn't really teach you. Yeah. And there's, Yeah.
0: I feel like the the point of the Crystal Hearts was to have the community talking to each other, and to have the community helping each other out. Yeah. But that doesn't work if you're not involved in the community.
1: And it also, then when they're used later as a barrier to further gameplay, it's slightly annoying. Mm. Outside of... Well, and then the Crystal Heart in level 6 is really annoying, because it requires you to essentially just know a code it's like do you it's, it's, it's yes. like, like nowadays everyone knows the konami code and it's not the konami code but you have to put in four separate codes that are all slightly related that are vaguely hinted at with hieroglyphs that from, make no sense
0: yeah but they already known the previous levels like i said it's it's it's. i'm guessing the point of those was to get the community together to try and solve these puzzles
1: yeah I had more fun, I think, with the tapes. Because
2: oh, whenever you yes. found a tape room,
1: that's where it first introduced the rhythm blocks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you'd have pink and blue bo- blocks that would turn off and on, uh, alternating from each other, based off of a rhythm that was playing in the background.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes it'd be really annoying. <laughs> but they weren't usually too far out of the way, and they were all solvable again. Mm hmm you didn't need outside information to get them.
0: Mm-hmm. Just skill. Yes. And an enjoyment of music.
1: Yes. Speaking of an enjoyment of music,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think if people enjoy music, they'd probably really enjoy Slime. <laughs> yes. Well, I hesitate to say that. They'd probably really enjoy the music in Slime. <laughs> because I do think that just to stick on gameplay for one last moment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it really they put in assist modes, and I guess there's a cheat mode that can unlock mm-hmm. everything and all that. But even with those, I think it's really catering to a specific crowd that's willing to put in the time and the deaths without becoming too frustrated.
0: Yeah, my problem was I got too frustrated. Yes. You, however, seem to it. go into like a meditative state where I would find you 50 hours later with your beard grown out and your hair long and white, and you're going, I've been here for 70 years. You're not even realizing how much time had passed because you were sitting there in such a meditation for
1: so long. Yeah, there were some times when I'd sit down to play and you'd be like, so we should probably get to bed. And I'm like, wait, I haven't been playing that long, have I? It's 11pm. <laughs> you're like,
2: crap, <laughs> I've
0: been playing for three hours.
1: But I always stopped at every cutscene so you could see it. Thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, so I hesitate. The game definitely caters to a certain audience. And...
0: It can be relaxing for some and absolutely infuriating for others. You will either feel zen or you will have broken your controller by the end of the week.
1: Yes. 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 But that said, I do think that if you enjoy music and you think that the game might be for you, go play it. And if you're listening to what I just said about how the gameplay can be torturous and it's not for you, go listen to the music mm-hmm. on YouTube. I
0: actually ended up, when we st- after we started playing I ended up listening to the soundtracks, plural, multiple times because it, the music is so good. But definitely, I think playing it, being exposed to the music as you play it, or for me, as you sit watching you play it half the time, definitely gives extra weight to the music and extra value to the music because you have that connection between your experience as you play the game.
1: That's true. And they do a great job at changing the track.
0: Yeah, just ever so slightly. As
1: the gameplay progresses. And so that, I think, adds a lot. I think one of the best scenes where they did that was in Chapter 9, Farewell, Mm -hmm. where it kind of builds and builds and builds on itself until you're getting towards the end and it's really, really I, it's I think really the music good. in all the game was really good. But I think also because I was getting towards that emotional payoff at the end, that in Farewell, it hit me especially hard.
0: Even though Farewell is probably the most difficult part of the whole game.
1: Yeah. Do we want to talk about that now?
0: Do we want to talk about the story first, or do you want to keep talking about the gameplay?
1: I just keep talking about the gameplay. Okay. So as a quick disclaimer for anyone listening in, Jen already mentioned we came into this late. And we played on Switch.
0: Yes. So it already had the two DLCs complete with the with the full game. Yes. But...
1: But here's the problem. Yes. I didn't know there were DLCs.
0: Yeah. It doesn't
1: it, tell you. It doesn't tell you. <clears throat> Sorry. It doesn't indicate it in any way. No. Did you know there were DLCs?
0: I... No. I found out after we started playing.
1: So did I. <laughs> I found out long after we started playing. And so... The first time you find a cassette tape Mm -hmm. to unlock the B-side for that level, because I was saying before, you've got the A-sides, which are the main story. You've got the B-sides, which the game introduces to you when you find that cassette tape saying, hey, here's an additional challenge you can try. Mm -hmm. And then after you do all of the other stuff, it kind of says, here's the C-sides, which is, here's a small selection of torture rooms, putting your understanding of this level's mechanics to the test. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you first find that first cassette tape, it tells you, "Oh,
0: there's an extra challenge. This cool. is an extra challenge. Just just one extra challenge.
1: Just an extra challenge." And so, when I was playing through it without knowing that there was DLC that these might be DLC or anything like that,
0: wait, were this cassette DLC?
1: No, not the cassette. Oh, okay, I think the but the sides were, oh, the, the c sides But because I didn't know what was DLC and what mm-hmm. wasn't, and it's not in any way indicated. I was kind of like, well, I'm more interested in just playing through the game right now. Yeah. I'm not going to bother with the B-sides. hmm And so you get through the first seven chapters, and there's kind of... A, which reaches an emotional beat in the story. I don't want to give away too many spoilers here.
0: No, I, I think it's a conclusion to the story. Wait. It's a conclusion...
1: Yes but there's instantly more to it. Okay. So to me it it served as a conclusion, but it also wasn't the end. Yeah. And that's I think where I'm getting into my issue mm. is that in for someone who was originally playing it before any DLC, that mm-hmm. was the conclusion and that was the end. Yes. And so that's kind of where the story ends and then as a the DLC was released, you suddenly have more content.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which the game kind of shows a little bit and then it's about Madeline trying to climb the titular mountain Celeste, and so after chapter Seven, you come back to the mountain,
0: yes, yeah, like and, a year later
1: in yeah, in chapter eight, which is called Core. and you go into the mountain as opposed to up the mountain, and Chapter eight, like all the chapters before it, added a new wrinkle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it wasn't particularly yeah you know, it was it was continuing the difficulty curve, yes, like so to i mean. I guess, a difficulty climb for this game.
0: <laughs> Boo! Thank
1: you. But it wasn't a massive jump.
0: Boo! <laughs>
1: that one was unintentional. But so that's, that's where we reach the problem, though, is you get into Chapter 8, and it starts off by, A, gating progress, saying if you haven't gotten at least four Crystal Hearts, you can't proceed. And I think we had two or three at the time. So I had to go back, and I, we had two. We had two. And so I went back and got two more. Mm-hmm so I could do core. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did that. And finished core, which unlocked Farewell, Chapter 9. Mm-hmm. Now, Chapter n- Farewell to Chapter 9 is the final DLC.
0: Yes. Came it out. doesn't tell you
1: it, yet, that. And it came out after everything else. Mm-hmm. After all the B-sides, after all the C-sides.
0: Which we didn't even know there were C-sides. Which
1: we didn't know. even know there were C-sides yet. And... <laughs> <laughs> it there was a i guess there was a decent chunk of time in there as well it wasn't like core came out and then oops here's farewell as well there's a decent chunk of time and so going into it i guess there was an expectation from the devs that you'd already played everything else yeah whereas for me i finished core and said oh here's a new level let's go into farewell
0: and then suddenly there was like oh here's a bunch of story and we're like what that ramped up quick and yeah. then here's a bunch of gameplay and you're like what that rumped up quick what the heck
1: yeah the jump in difficulty between core side and farewell was unlike anything else in the game
0: yeah they just like punted you off the edge of a cliff and was like fly motherfucker
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah that's how it, like every screen was was you're jumping off a cliff and you're not getting back on solid ground until you finish this room good luck
0: you died which, a lot. I died a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which seemed really out of place, gameplay-wise.
0: Yes, because yes. I guess the pacing was like, story, 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 extra bi- extra, like a prologue almost with core, and then, boom, difficulty spike like we hadn't seen before.
1: Yes. So A, as you briefly mentioned, you get this all of a sudden massive story beat to start it that comes out of nowhere, and then massive difficulty spike to play through it. And so without knowing that this was Probably. essentially a, a literal farewell slash love letter to the fans, it felt really out of place mm-hmm. and definitely felt like I was banging my head against it a few times. Yeah. Beyond just like the one room that I hated because I didn't know that you could fall.
2: You
0: almost quit before the end of the first section of farewell.
1: There was a room that I absolutely hated Yes, that we talked about. And then I got to the gate.
0: I think. I, think it, I was, think it was
1: at the gate that I decided.
0: I think it was the was room done. before then. I don't know if that was the one that you were hitting your head in. You were like, "I just want to. I just want to solve this one. I'm going to solve this one, and I'm going to get to the gate, and then that's it." Because we'd actually watched a, a speed run of Celeste by that point. We'd so watch we watched We knew run, the but gate turned was it off after come. core. That's true. We did.
1: We turned it off after core.
0: So you're like, I'm going to get to the end of the section, and then I'm going to stop. And then then you didn't stop. stop.
1: (laughs) But that's the trick. So I keep saying the gate. So there's the gate in Core where you needed four hearts to get through. And then you get to a gate in Farewell that all of a sudden says you need 15 15 hearts hearts. to get through. Yeah. So I've already gone through a fair bit of Farewell at this point. It's more difficult than anything else I've done. And it's like, oh, by the way, you need 15 hearts to get through this. And it's like, well, there's only eight levels. So I guess you get them from (laughs) B-sides. So that's what got me to start playing through the B-sides, when that's where I started realizing, oh, these are essentially training grounds for Farewell.
0: Yeah. Like you said, they were expecting the players, at least the hardcore players, to have played literally everything before Farewell came out. Yes. But us newbies were like, la 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 la, what's this? Ah!
1: Storyline. We just want to see a story and play fun game. And ah! Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it was like, oh, maybe I wonder if it would have worked better if they had a heart lock at the beginning of Farewell.
1: Yeah, I think so. Just because at least in some way that tells you you need to to be ready for this. Yeah. And by putting it halfway through, that was also just really annoying because.
0: You threw off my groove. Yeah.
1: Like I'm into this level now. Now I have to go back and do a bunch of other stuff before I can come back to it. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. I, I don't like that in any video game. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of annoying.
2: But
0: I was honestly really impressed that you finished Farewell. Like, holy crap. I gave up at the hotel chapter and you managed to finish Farewell, which was insane. I have no idea how you did that. And and I have to throw it out here that Farewell is the first time I've ever seen Wes... Actually, angry at a game, like actually swearing. I'm the one that swears at games. <laughs> and you were swearing at this, which never happens. I was very impressed.
1: <laughs> I was somewhat emotional. I got slightly emotionally invested. You were furious at points. <laughs> slightly emotionally invested.
0: I was impressed. I think. It was good. It was entertaining to watch you play.
1: I think. It was slightly, barring the one room, Mm. as I've said a couple times now, it comes down to performance. And so, and in Farewell, I didn't get many of the mechanics that I truly hated Mm
2: -hmm. in this
1: game. And so I usually felt when I made a mistake that it was on me. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't me getting as angry at the game so much as it was a, I know I can do this. Why did I hit that stupid button? (laughs) Yeah. Now, when I blame certain mechanics, there are most things that are momentum based in this game. Annoyed Mm. the heck out of me. To the clouds, the lava blocks, clouds, lava blocks, uh, zippers, uh, feathers.
0: Well, I guess feathers aren't momentum momentum based, based, but they still annoy
1: me a bit. Yeah. But it was definitely the worst mechanics for me were all the momentum based ones, and it was because. Everything else felt so precise, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and those didn't. I think that's also why I really hated the wind mechanics. You get a Mm -hmm. lot of that in Chapter 4, I think, Golden Wind, appropriately. (laughs) And then it doesn't really come back. Like, there is some wind in Farewell, but it's never really in a way that they do it in Chapter 4, so I never cared as much. Mm -hmm. It's just, everything requires such precise movements. And then you get these things that are just kind of like... It doesn't matter how well you played, did you hit this one pixel early or something? Mm-hmm. Well, were they giving you too much of a boost and you're going into spikes? or are giving you not enough of a boost and you're going into spikes? And it just... Yeah, I hated those mechanics so much.
0: It's funny you should say that because we talked about this before, but the um, Game Maker's Toolkit, which is an amazing YouTube channel and everybody should watch it, did an interview with um with the creators yeah. the and they were like oh well we made sure we gave people a leeway room so even if they jumped a little earlier a little late it wasn't the end of the world so it didn't need to be pixel perfect and then like you said farewell was a love letter to the really hardcore fans like really hardcore fans that you actually did need to be pixel perfect in order to get through that
1: room. it felt like it at times there, there probably was slightly more leeway, but there was definitely some rooms where you do a whole thing perfect and at the end you had one momentum jump and it literally would be...
0: Whoops! Into the spikes you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you just feel so frustrated at the game at that point, especially the, when you get to the lava blocks because they do it in two directions. It mm. moves one direction depending on where you first touch the block and one direction depending on where you are on the block when you jump off it. And so you have two things to worry about and oh, I, I, <laughs> th- Those were my least favorite mechanics. And the lava blocks? No, just any of the momentum ones.
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair
1: clouds, enough. lava blocks. Zippers, not as much as the other two, but definitely clouds and lava blocks. I hated them so much. So much. And the pink clouds are worse than blue clouds because you get one shot. And then with they a, go poof. Yeah, with a blue cloud, if you're like, oh, wait, I don't have my jump right, you can pause and take an extra bounce usually. But with the pink clouds, you better be on it or you're dead. <laughs>
0: uh so i want to talk about story next okay so i think we will be spoiling this so if you are interested in Celeste's story then pause it go play it and then come back the thing i knew about celeste because you you already hinted that i already knew a little bit more about this game beforehand was it's a difficult platformer yeah and it's about dealing with depression so that's what that's what I knew before going in.
1: I did not know that going You did
0: not go in, know that at all going in. So what did you think of the story having no idea what was going to happen basically?
1: Well, I picked up what the story was about pretty quick. Okay. I
0: so, so as we said I should probably quickly explain that it's about Madeline climbing this mountain in order to kind of deal with her depression and anxieties. Yes.
1: I think the story worked really well for the first seven levels.
0: For the original game?
1: For the original game. Yeah. I think the story was more or less non-existent in core. Yes. And I think that the story took a nosedive in Farewell for two reasons.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: So the negative bits first, the good read- bits first?
0: Um, good. Negative first, and then we'll end on a high note.
1: <laughs> so we talked before about how when you start Farewell, the gameplay takes a sudden spike, and the story jumps 0 to 60. Yes. If, as we keep alluding to, you've played through all the seasides before starting—well, at least played through the first seven seasides before starting Farewell— it's slightly less of a jump,
0: that's true. It ends where farewell begins. yes,
1: <laughs> Chapter Seven Summit seaside ends on the same screen that farewell starts. yes, which I didn't know.
0: Nope, I think that was literally the last thing you did.
1: That's the last thing I've done to this point. Yes, yes, yeah, so of course, seaside to go.
0: oh good <laughs> at least we know there's not going to be any story in that.,
1: I don't imagine. <laughs> Not sure what you'd fit in between there, so you get this sudden story bit in the main part of the story when you're going when you're in the dream world, you unlock a part of you, mm-hmm. which I guess is officially named Battleline, which is adorable because she's, she's a little
0: goth version of Battleline. Yes,
1: and she represents your doubts and anxieties mm-hmm. and telling you you're not good enough, telling you you can't do this. And so a lot of the story in the original part, sorry, I'm going to guess bring both of them into this because I need to, is Madeline, A, trying to overcome that, and B, learning that sometimes you can't just ignore it or get rid of it.
0: You have to live with it.
1: You have to live with it, but you don't have to let it control you. Yes. You know, it's about coming to terms with who you are and your faults, as well as your pluses. Mm -hmm. You have your pluses and your minuses, and all of them make up who you are, and it's by accepting that but not letting it control you that you can learn to get through things. Mm-hmm. And I thought that all worked out really well. And I thought how they presented that with line leading up to the big final climatic battle at the end of chapter six until reaching that kind of moment of catharsis and that acceptance and then the two of you working together to solve chapter seven, I thought that worked out really well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I said, chapter eight has no story whatsoever. And then you go into chapter nine. And in chapter nine, I don't think it worked because Madeline instantly regresses. She's immediately combative with herself again. But B, Badeline isn't representing anxieties or doubts or fears. Badeline at that point is representing common sense. <laughs> yes. And so the whole part of chapter nine is you've got Madeline who refuses to face the truth. Yes. Fighting with common sense. And so, in th- the first seven chapters, what kind of comes as a triumphant moment in chapter seven never felt right because she never, they never have that moment of coming together. Mm. She essentially just beats down her own common sense until it gives in and then you solve things.
0: But I think that's kind of the point. I actually liked the ending of Farewell more than the ending of the main story.
1: I thought the very, very end of it...
0: Yes, the very, very end of Farewell... ...was
1: fine, but I just didn't like the little bits leading up to it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the issues as well is that you don't get that final bit of the story unless you finish Farewell, and Farewell is so difficult. I wouldn't have been able to do it, that I think the majority of people would miss out on that bit of the story because they're unable to finish it. And I think the nice thing I liked about the end of Farewell is it's basically... madeline realizing that she was being stupid and she had an episode and she's like i promise i'm not gonna you know go off the face of the planet again
1: yeah there's a bit with that i thought was really good that
0: was nice
1: yes and i think that part's really good i just think that
0: her in her strong denial of reality kind of created a regression but i guess that's the problem with depression is that you don't it's never going to go away, and it has these these waves where it will take over your life again, and then you are able to deal with it again, and then it comes back, and it's so it's it it's always a constant ebb and flow.
1: But I, but I'm fine with that. I guess my problem is that they just change the characterization of Battleline too much. Mm. Battleline isn't the Battleline that she was through the first right. seven chapters. That's my problem. Right, and that. She's not representing her fears or doubts anymore. Madeline is representing her fears and doubts. Madeline, it, so it they kind of like, It almost feels like you should be playing as Madeline for that final section.
0: That's that's actually yeah,
1: and that because you've got, but instead of the fear or doubt being oh I can't solve farewell, the fear or doubt is that I can't say goodbye,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what's driving her the whole point through that is her own fears and doubts. She has become Madeline, but the game doesn't represent that. And Badaline's trying to be like, hey, you need to slow down and realize things aren't right here because they aren't. Mm. In the first part of the game when Badaline's saying, you can't climb this mountain. You can't do this. Why would you ever think you could do that? The point of the game is climbing the mountain. The point of the game is that she's wrong. The point of the game is that sometimes you can be your own worst enemy mm. and you don't have to let yourself hold yourself back, but you also can't just reject that part of you. Mm-hmm. You need to come to terms with it. And this part of the game... She never comes to terms with Badaline. They Madeline agrees to help at some point, but it never felt like she actually came to terms with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so... It's almost as if Battleline came to terms with Madeline Yeah. at yes. one point, and that's yeah. why they ended up working together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did... There was something fun that they did in Farewell that I really like storyline-wise, mm-hmm. and that the final screen of Farewell is the most awful thing I've ever seen in a video game ever. Wait, Really? what the final the final the finals like not not the final scene the final screen that oh (laughs)
0: yes okay yeah yeah yeah. when you final puzzle that you're doing yeah
1: leading up to the end is just horrific
0: it it was the longest room in the whole game
1: yes and it was absolutely horrific um it felt amazing to complete <laughs> but they know the creators know that no one ever playing this game is going to one shot that screen on the first try. Mm-hmm. And they put in an extra cut scene after you've died on it like I don't know, three or four times where Madeline just kind of the, it respawns you every time you die. And she's at the respawn point, and she just kind of sits down and Madeline pops up and goes like, "Hey, you can do this. Just a couple more tries." And that's the only time in the game where that happens. And at first I was like, wait. That's never happened before. Did I trigger that? What happened here? And then I just realized that, you know, it's something they put in. And I think if it had happened multiple times, it wouldn't have been as good. But the fact that it just happens once, I really, really like that. Yay. And you did it. And I did it eventually.
0: How many times did you die in front I don't want to talk about. I think on the whole game you had like, 14,000 deaths?
1: I think I'm just below 13 at the moment. Below
0: 13, okay, sorry. I'm
1: at like 12.8 thousand deaths and 45 hours of gameplay.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's insane. Like I said, I, I would have given, well, I did. I gave up forever ago.
1: <laughs> I think I pl- ended up playing this slightly longer than Final Fantasy IX.
0: <laughs> God, it was such a, it was like pulling teeth trying to get you to play that game. Once
1: I started playing nine, I ripped through it pretty quick. You, you were surprised at how quick I went through it. I,
0: yes, I was. But still. <sighs> like pulling teeth. I sit you down for five seconds and you...
1: Yes, anyway. I, something about this, I like puzzle games. I've always enjoyed puzzle games. It, I it, play... It,
0: it does have a great loop of the rooms are small enough and tricky enough that they're a challenge, but then when you solve them, you get that hit of, yes, like I achieved this. Mm. And so I think if you were saying, if you dropped Hollow Knight really quickly.
1: I did. Before we get into that, though, I'll okay. say one last thing about the story.
0: Of course, of course, of
1: course. Go ahead. I was talking about how much I like the story in the first seven chapters. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that despite being my favorite chapter, I think it was also one. Of... Shoot, this actually really hurts to say. Oh, so no. <laughs> I really like chapter two. Yeah. Which has the dream blocks. Yeah. Roop. And that's where you're first introduced to Battleline. Yeah. And I really like that part of the story. But it also has, I think, the weakest part of the story, and that that chapter ends with you making a phone call. And yeah. that phone call never goes anywhere.
0: No, it never comes up again.
1: I, I can come up with probably half a dozen fan theories right now off the top of my head as to what it might be referencing.
0: But we don't get any But there's no
1: payoff for yeah. it. All yeah. All I'm left with is fan theories. And there's a good chance that – there's a lot about this game that I don't know that we found out later that somewhere one of the creators had said something about it. Like, I guess they came out and said something about the end of farewell that's hinted at in the game, but not expressly stated. But you never get a payoff for that phone call.
0: That's an excellent point. I've forgotten about that. And that's a
2: shame. It's a shame. Yeah.
1: Because I'm, I'm curious. And I, again, I have, especially based on what the creators have said about the ending of farewell, I have fan my own fan theories as to what it might be but i don't know there you the game doesn't deliver on that aspect mm. so that was a shame boo mm.
0: so hollow knight you hollow knight. you 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 did mention that you wanted to compare this to hollow knight a little bit
1: yes i quit hollow knight mm. i dropped it mm-hmm. i'm notorious for dropping things
0: yeah that's honestly like another reason why i was surprised that you managed to like, play this game all the way through literally everything. Almost. Almost. Yeah. You're working on it.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going 100% clear Celeste. I do think it's some... You're
0: just going to 99% it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But not 100%. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. Miss I platinum games for fun.
0: Shh.
2: Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I did drop Hollow Knight. And I am someone who enjoys Metroidvanias. I've played a fair number of them.
0: Literally Metroidvania. i,
1: I played and beaten <laughs> Symphony of the Night, all of the DS ones.
0: That's why I don't understand why you one. dropped Hollow Knight. It's totally your cup of tea. I
1: beat Guacamele. I beat Super Metroid. So, you know, I've got a fair history with this. Hollow Knight, I feel, is more punishing than most other Metroidvanias. But I also feel that other Metroidvanias learned an important lesson that they didn't implement in Hollow Knight. And I'm dancing around the subject, so I'm going to get to it. The saves in Hollow Knight Mm -hmm. are nowhere near the most difficult parts of the game. Mm -hmm. And so when you die, and you will repeatedly, over and over, whether you like to or not...
0: You have to go a fair distance. To get to the next
1: yes, Yeah. So in Celeste, when you died on a room, you were instantly back in that room to retry it. Mm -hmm. And even when it was a longer room, like on the final room of uh, Summit Seaside or Farewell, you still had to go a ways to get back possibly to where you died. But at the same time, you were still doing the same puzzle. And so you were... Building the muscle memory and getting better at that room, up until the point where you died. So each time you felt like you were learning something.
2: Mm.
1: In Hollow Knight, when I died, I think I finally just dropped the game at the Soul Master.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which and is, it was,
0: it's, that's the second barrier. As soon as you get past that, it gets really good.
1: I didn't like the trek back to him. Yeah, that's and kind it's enough. a bit of a trek back to him.
0: It is past a couple of really annoying enemies as well.
1: You've got the little baby soul masters floating around, or whatever yeah. I don't know what they're called, but they're essentially little baby soul masters. They didn't even bother me that much, but it was just you. Every time you do it, you had to go through that same tower, mm-hmm. and, and it was just you soul destroying. Boo. But <laughs> you weren't learning anything. I didn't feel like I was learning anything on that trek that I could put into use in the fight with a soul master. Mm -hmm. And you'd get into the fight with the soul master and you'd learn a little bit against him to be like, okay, this is what I have to do next time. And then you'd have to make your trek through the tower again. And then you'd be back to the soul master and be like, okay, now what was it that I had to do? But you didn't, you weren't building that muscle memory against him. Mm -hmm. And so you'd kind of mentally know where it was, but then you'd, for me, I would execute poorly. And that's what I was saying about Celeste. That's what frustrated me the most. Mm -hmm. It was, I, what would frustrate me was my poor execution. But I could learn that more easily in Celeste. Whereas in Hollow Knight, it felt like you had to fight the game itself to learn it.
0: I guess the point of Hollow Knight, where it clicks is when you realize it's not muscle memory, it's you have to learn how to read the enemies.
1: But you still have to then be able to execute against them. Like, it's mm, not just... Um, like, I watched you die against... I don't know what they're called. The room with the seven husks.
0: Oh, god i hate those
1: things yes yes i from the third party watching you play that i guess not third party second party i don't know what it is um (laughs) watching you play that i'd be like okay well this is how they do this is what you do you know and it felt so obvious because i wasn't doing it
2: Mm. i'd be
1: like okay when they're doing a bounce they bounce three times and they stop so once they've done the third bounce you can stand wherever you want so long as you aren't where they fall over you know just little things like that Mm -hmm. and it would make sense but when you're in the moment all of a sudden you realize
0: There's two of
1: them going at once no not not you know, even that camera. just it's it's you see the bounce and you go okay he's going to bounce three times but it's still it's ever so slightly faster when you're playing than when you're watching
2: mm. the
1: speed doesn't actually change but it feels like it and mm-hmm. so it does still come down to the execution so it's not just the reading of the enemies but it's also the execution i think that's partially where the muscle memory comes in Mm -hmm. because in the rooms and slats they aren't just static you know there's little bits moving here and there and so you still have to have that twitch ability but i did if i felt it did the reinforcing better Mm -hmm. and i wasn't enjoying myself as much with that regards to hollow knight i was comparing it to the other metrovanias by definitely by the time you got to like harmony of dissonance in the area of sorrow harmony of dissonance i don't remember which one now um Oh, those are the Game Boy advanced ones anyway <laughs> when you're doing those a lot of times you'd be getting to some of the more difficult execution bits especially against bosses Or like there would be a save almost right there
2: mm.
1: like they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily be okay save room boss or something but it would always feel a little bit closer so it wasn't like in uh i think it's Area of sorrow. I don't know the last Game Boy Advance one. I remember there's this bit where you have to go through this whole underground, like Roman Colosseum, full of enemies. And at the very end, you go down this elevator, and there's rooms on either side, and finally you get to this boss. And he he's a pretty fun boss, but he's probably going to kill you a couple times. And I feel like in Hollow Knight, it would stick you back up in the Colosseum <laughs> somewhere, and you'd have to work your way down. And in I don't Area of Sorrow was the DS one. I'm going to kill myself later about this, but it puts you back pretty much at the elevator. You weren't going this massive distance to get back to Balor. He was just... So you could learn against him, and Mm -hmm. you could implement what you were doing, and that one had a whole effect very similar to Hollow Knight, where you would equip different souls to give yourself different abilities as opposed to badges. Mm -hmm. And so you could try out different things and be right there, whereas in Hollow Knight, there was such a disconnect between the two. And I think I never got the reinforcement like I did with these other games.
0: I guess because Hollow Knight was my first Metrophania, I didn't have that experience that you got. But I experienced it in Celeste. Yeah. When I died and popped right up, back at the beginning of the room, it's like, well, let's go again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jump into a hole. I think, I mean, I think the music design, I think the visual design, I think a lot of things about Hollow Knight are amazing. Just wasn't what you. Wasn't my cup of wasn't tea. Wasn't your cup of tea. Yeah.
0: But Celeste, whew, you drank an entire pot of tea.
1: Repetitively. <laughs>
0: repetitively. You just had tea on a, tea on an ivy drip. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm glad you like Celeste. I'm guessing you did. Yes. I'm guessing you are because you're still playing it.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to 100% it. There's okay. some of the things that are just too insane to do.
0: Yeah, you also said you weren't going to finish Farewell.
1: Well, I did finish Farewell. Yeah, I know. But Th- thank goodness are, there isn't a... These are very different things. Okay. Thank
0: <laughs> goodness there isn't a Farewell Seaside.
1: Woof! <laughs> Don't give them ideas. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: Well, that was an episode of Recommendations for My Attack of Spouse.
1: Yes, it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can find us at com or on Twitter at anniebrowscreative.
1: Hopefully this might encourage you to give it a try if it sounds like your cup of tea.
0: If not, go play Hollow Knight, evidently.
1: <laughs> from the sound of it. If you disagree with me or if you have your own opinions or if you just want to gush about how amazing of a game it is, Please do leave us comments either on Twitter or at our website. You don't need to sign up for anything on the website. You can just leave an anonymous comment that tells us we're stupid or that, yes, Celeste is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we always look forward to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: So yeah, catch you next time. Bye. Bye.